Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. So today is the fourth episode in the series of the bridge concept, which are the six meta skills of what it takes to build and sustain your school of excellence. So, so far we've gone over the first three core meta skills, which are boundaries, relational intelligence, individual advocacy. And today is all about discernment. Now, discernment is a concept that's very near and dear to my heart. It's actually one of our company values in schools of excellence, discernment. And discernment is what allows us to get to the heart of the matter, to understand what lies below the surface of a situation and what is causing the conflict, whether that's an internal conflict, a moral or ethical conflict, a conflict of interpersonal skills, right? The process of discernment within judgment involves going past the mere perception of something and making nuanced judgments about its properties or qualities. So I'm going to explain that again, okay? Because discernment is a, it's such a core meta skill that the more that you learn how to practice discernment and the more you know how to model this for your team, the smoother decision-making becomes and the more you create this alignment of, you know, the quote-unquote getting everyone on the same page. So the process of discernment within judgment involves going past the mere perception of something, right? So I see X and it seems like it's, you know, the answer should be X, but it's understanding how to make a more nuanced judgment about its properties and qualities, right? Doctors, really good doctors, are masters of discernment, right? They have two people who come in with the exact same symptoms. They both have a headache. And I give this example a lot, right? And one person has a headache because they are a little bit hungover, right? And they need maybe some some aspirin, some Tylenol, lots of water, 
and a good night's sleep and they're good to go. Someone else has a headache and actually they have a brain aneurysm kind of rooting in the distance. So how does the doctor practice discernment, right? How does he see two patients who both have a headache and yet he prescribes them with very different plans of action going forward? Well, a lot of that comes from experience, making mistakes, remembering them, closing feedback loops, and understanding that there is no such a thing as black and white thinking. Everything has nuance and context. Discernment is a muscle that is either developed and strengthened and gets strong like a muscle, or it becomes like flabby fat. The best way to grow your discernment is to become someone who asks good questions. It's to become someone who asks good questions. And a little bit further in this episode, I'm going to give you some really good questions to start asking yourself and to start modeling for your leadership team and having your leadership team start using these questions as well. Now, the discerning leader is the wise decision maker. Right. The wise decision maker has the power to see what is not apparent to the average mind. The wise decision maker, okay, the decision maker who practices discernment has the power to see what is not apparent to the average mind. The opposite of discernment is arrogance, ignorance, stupidity, confusion, doubt misunderstanding, forgetfulness, neglect, which many times we make decisions based out of this, right? There are many times where I've made decisions that were just flat out stupid. Like why in the world would I make a decision like that? But over time, we hope that through emotional maturity and relational intelligence and experience and leaning into curiosity and humility, we will become the wise decision maker. The discerning leader doesn't overlook things. They learn to build capacity for attention to detail and mindfulness. Discernment is that ability to recognize and know what to do as a result, right? They recognize these things are like, ah, that's what we do there. The discerning leader doesn't just go with what they're told. This is what to do. No, the discerning leader asks questions so they can understand the bigger picture. When people operate in silos and lean on self-reliance as the end-all be-all is when you have a crash and burn. Asking questions is how you build your muscle of discernment. So what does discernment look like? Okay, before we go into questions, before we go into some other things here, this is a really, really good episode here. So if you started listening and you're distracted or you're doing something else or you want to make sure to take notes, pause, come back to it. Like you're going to want to take notes in this episode. What does it look like to be a discerning leader? Well, a discerning leader isn't reactive. They allow the pause. They have learned that 99.9% of things are not urgent. They're really, really not urgent. Discerning leaders know how to think big picture. 
And let me explain to you something, okay? Because this big picture concept is thrown around so just haphazardly in this industry. The ability to think big picture is understanding how to make decisions when you're playing the decades game and building legacy. That's what it means to think big picture. Someone who constantly makes reactionary decisions and looks at the first fires that has to be put out is not a big picture thinker. They're not. You're not practicing big picture thinking. A discerning leader knows when to seek wise counsel and they know who the right person is for wise counsel in this moment. When I have to make a financial decision, I don't go to my health coach. She's wise counsel. She's very, very smart about health and wellness. And when I'm struggling with something with my health and wellness, I'll call her. But when I need to make financial decisions, I have a specific person who is wise counsel in the particular financial area that I need in this season of life. This person specializes in working with people in their mid-30s to 40s, which is statistically the highest earning years of your life. This is when you are typically earning the most amount of money, most amount of income. And this is when you're supposed to be making the smartest financial decisions for your future, right? And he specializes in this, right? He doesn't specialize in retirement. He doesn't specialize in exit planning. He doesn't specialize in real estate. No, no, no. I need someone who specializes in my season of life. That's what it means to seek wise counsel. That's called a discerning leader, right? I'm in a season of life. I want to make smart financial decisions. Who am I going to ask for advice? Okay. A discerning leader asks himself, am I the best person to consult with about the next move? Or do I need to collaborate with someone else? Sometimes you are the best person to consult with, and sometimes you're not. And the discerning leader understands who to go to. They understand who to go to. So some of you are listening and thinking, all right, honey, what are some questions that I can ask myself to become a more discerning leader? Well, here are some general questions. Number one, when you're going into a decision, One of the questions you want to ask yourself is, what is my desired outcome? If I can wave the magic wand on the outcome, what would it be? Number two, what am I being motivated by? This is one of the scariest questions to ask. Because when you get to the root of it, a lot of times our motivations are selfish. They're not altruistic. They're not, they're not coming from the right place. The power in asking this question is then you can consciously sit down and choose to switch your motivation. It's very interesting. I was having a conversation. I'm in a uh, parenting group, a parenting group after a course that is specifically focused on raising um, middle school children. So the ages between, you know, 11 and 14, 15 for high school. And my oldest son, Mendel, is in that age bracket. And so Mayor and I, Mayor's my husband, we were seeking um, 
just wise counsel on, you know, the do's and don'ts of raising a middle school boy. And one of the parents on one of the monthly calls asked a really great question. She said, aren't you worried that if you give your child everything, that you're going to raise them to be entitled and selfish? It's a good question. And the teacher said something really profound. He said, what's your motivation? What is your motivation to give your child everything? And he's like, well, you know, I I want the mom was like, well, you know, I want my child to have all the opportunities in life. And I, you know, and and she, she was going on and on. And he's like, okay, when you give your child something, are sometimes your motivation surrounding, I'm going to give you this and now you need to behave and now you need to make me proud or now you need to do good in school or whatever it is. She's like, yeah, you know, of course, sometimes those are my motivations. He's like, okay. When your motivations to give to your child come from the place of, I want to give this to my child because I want to give them the best opportunities in life. I want to make sure that they have what they need to succeed, to make good choices, what to honor our family values, whatever it is, right? I want them to have what they need in life versus I need to give them this so they can like me. I need to give them this so that I could be liked by my friends. I need to give them this so I could be accepted in my social circle. When your motivations are based on that, yeah, you raise entitled kids that are selfish. But when you give your child what they need, then you're giving them stability, security, and safety, which are the best things you can ever give your child. So I've been thinking about that a lot, right? The discernment, the discernment between the difference of what are you motivated by when you're taking this action step? And I think we can think about that a lot, right? When you give your staff your teacher a bonus or a raise? What is the raise motivated by? Is it motivated by, okay, now I'll give her a raise. Now she needs to do blah, 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 blah. Right. And a lot of times it is right. Especially in work where there isn't this unconditional love in the way that a parent and child relationship is set up. There is this exchange of energy. The challenge is, is that you want to check your motives from a percentages standpoint, right? Is the vast majority of the time you're giving something because you're wanting something in return? Well, then you're really taking, right? Then you're really taking because you're giving so that you could take back. And I'm going to talk about that in next week's episode about generosity, which is the fifth meta skill. But what are you motivated by? Is such a powerful question to ask when it comes to discernment. What are you motivated by? Another question. What is the worst thing that can happen when you're going to make this decision? What is the worst thing that can happen? This is a great question to help young fledgling leaders who are coming into this positions of administration or directorship or um, assistant director, and they are freaking terrified to make a decision without you. This is a great a couple of these questions, take them, put them on an index card and, you know, contact paper it to the teachers, uh, to the director's desk and tell them, answer these questions first and then come to me, right? Teach them how to be their own self-soother. Teach them how to practice their own discernment. What's the worst thing that can happen? Okay. And if you've gone through worst case scenario and you can live with it, then make the decision. Another question. 
when you make this decision, what, what might have to be sacrificed? Sometimes something has to be sacrificed. And sometimes what might be gained? Another question. What of my values or convictions come into play over here? And this is why values, ladies and gentlemen, values drive decision making. And I know many of you listening to this have core values in your school, but do your core values, do they drive decision making? Can a teacher, director, member of the leadership administration make a decision using the company values? This is where values and convictions come into play in practicing this discernment. This is why values is the theme for the upcoming Summit of Excellence, which is March 1st and 2nd in Florida of 2023 coming up. It's for members only, uh, members and their teams only. And this is why values is a huge part and theme for this upcoming event, because we want to help our leaders understand how to use these as decision-making filters and convictions. If you're listening to this and you're not a member um, or you're interested in coming to this event, please send our team an email, support at Hani.me or send me a DM. We can, we can chat about it. So what's another question? Why is this situation that I'm in right now consuming so much attention and energy from me? This is one of my favorite questions to ask the perfectionist or the obsessive thinker or the thinker that, you know, the rumination kind of thinker who's like, oh, and then this happened and then, and then this happened after that. And then she said that. And then, and then I said this, and then he said that and, 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 the, and like replays the conversation at nauseam. It's a great question. Why is the situation consuming so much attention and energy? And then lastly, what assumptions am I making? What assumptions am I making about the decision that's sitting right here in front of me? So I shared with you a little bit of the definition of discernment, understanding how it comes into play, questions that you could start asking yourself. And so some of you are thinking, okay, well, how do I, how do I actually do this, right? How do I start to understand how to practice this muscle of discernment? This, my friends, is where play comes in. Play, playing, is an exploration of contingencies. Children play all the time. They try different roles and behaviors. They see what lands with the other person. But grown-ups don't play. We live in a world of self-doubt, and we're crippled with perfectionism. And so what happens is, is we don't engage the playful curious side of ourselves, which actively engages the creative and discerning sides of our brain to become even more creative. Flexing our muscle of discernment is something that you have to practice over and over and over again. Because every time you do that, you prepare yourself to tackle a new situation with new strength, with new agility, and with a different level of responsiveness and consciousness. And as grownups, we look at play as a waste of time. And the more that you continue to look at play as a waste of time, the less you're going to engage in it. But when you look at play as an active way to engage creative and discerning sides of your brain, when you look at play as a way to flex your muscle of discernment, 
as a way to flex your agility, your strength, your responsiveness, your consciousness, your humility, your curiosity to attend to challenging issues that happen in the center all the time. All the time. I don't care how amazing your systems and processes are. You will still have conflict. I don't care how amazing your software systems are. You will still have issues. You will still have issues. You cannot SOP your way away from problems, issues, struggles, challenges. That is part of life. The people who navigate it are the people who have higher levels of resilience, agility, and responsiveness. They are not the people who are hypervigilant, who know how to dress rehearse tragedy, and who know how to anticipate every single problem that's possibly going to come up. Because guess what, my friends? Here's a hard pill to swallow. There is never going to be a time that you will be able to anticipate every single issue that happens. You're going to be thrown a curveball every once in a while. And play and discernment are going to be your magical tools in those moments. Which is why, again, a big part of the live event is going to have components of play and experiences. Because... Uh, these things are just so important and it's such a lost art right now. We've become obsessed with efficiency and systems and processes and software and all the things. They're all important. But you are what you have your entire life. Systems break, processes break, SOPs fall apart, software crashes, all these things fall apart. You are what stays with you forever. And so you building your own strength, your own agility, your own responsiveness, your own muscle of discernment is the greatest investment you can ever make in yourself because you are with you forever, forever and ever and ever and ever. Softwares come and go, SOPs come and go, systems come and go, all of these things come and go. You are with you forever. You have to live with yourself forever. Are you the discerning wise leader? Are you the leader who knows how to channel the creative and discerning sides of themselves? And I think you are. I think you have what it takes to do it. So that's all for discernment this week. This is the fifth um, meta skill. Again, we went over boundaries, relational intelligence, individual advocacy, discernment. Next week is all about generosity, the meta skill of generosity. So I want to thank you all for joining me on today's podcast. If you have not had a chance to subscribe to the show, please do us a solid and subscribe. Rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help us climb higher in the charts and be more visible as people are looking for content or strategy in, in uh, early childhood or in leadership or in schools. And so your review helps other people find us more easily. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention 
each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.